Amen. Hebrews chapter number 11 tonight. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 11. I turn right to it. Praise the Lord. The Lord must be saying, hurry up. And so that's what we do tonight and get what God has given me. And so um, here we are, and um, Rahab being the last um, one, as last week we preached on by faith, Rahab. <clears throat> being the last one that was named, if you will, in the heroes of faith, being named singularly for in in singular form. Obviously, one verse set out just for Rahab there, and she closed it out. And um, then the writer of the book of Hebrews goes on, and my plan was to conclude the series tonight, but there is no possible way in this world or the next world, that I could preach this in one night. So for your sake and my sake alone, I'm not going to. And so uh, I don't even know if I get through what I got tonight. Um, I just I, it, So it may be a little bit longer because there's a lot to cover here, but we'll see what we can do. The Bible says in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, verse 32, And what shall I say more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, David also, and Samuel of the prophets, and of Samuel uh, and of the prophets, whom through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained pro- promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed vil- vil- valiant in fight, turned to the fight the armies to flight the armies of the aliens. Whom women receive their dead, raised to life again. We'll stop there. Let's stop there. We love you. We ask you to help us tonight. We need your help. I love you so much. And I praise your holy name for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, I was planning on concluding this series, but God wouldn't let me. And I believe we will go on for probably two more weeks after tonight. And tonight, I'm going to preach Lord willing if the Lord would help me. I'm not, I can't preach on to a specific person as we've been titling it by faith, so-and-so by faith, Moses, Rahab, and so on. But tonight I'm going to preach on the winds, the winds of faith, W-I-N-S, the winds of faith. And so the reason I'm going to preach that is because next week I'm going to preach on the wars of faith. And the week after that I'll preach on the wages of faith and we'll close it out. Um, so for alliteration's sake, we'll do it that way. And so... We have these verses here in front of us tonight, and they are speaking of people, but there are not many specifics besides five. And so we lay those out, and I see some things in it. And so I want to give you three points, and I'll be done tonight in a bunch of subpoints. So number one, a proclamation of faith. I see a proclamation of faith. The, 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 the writer, of faith, he, uh, writer of the book of Hebrews here says this. He says, What shall I say more? For the time would fail me... Uh, to tell the of the, the time would tell me fail me to tell of and so I believe he's here and I believe it's almost like there's literally something that he has to do don't know what it is cannot tell maybe he's trying to move to the next chapter very fast I don't understand but under the inspiration of the word of um, of God the spirit of God he is telling us here that time would fail him to tell of all the other people well, why? Why would time fail him to do that? I cannot tell you, but it's simple. He's telling us to, 
though, and there's time's running out, and I need to tell you this fast, but but there's more, okay? There's more that I do need to tell you, and he's starting to write down a few more people, and he's beginning to write down a few more things that took place by faith in the Old Testament uh, that led us to having the elders uh, which obtained a good report. And so we know he's speaking of faith uh, as he has been through all this time. And he's proclaiming to each of us uh, that these have significant faith too. Notice what I see here. I see, number one, there's a time problem. He said, time would fail me, right? Time would fail me. He's saying, hey, I wouldn't even have enough time to tell you uh, the faith uh, of these I would not have enough time to tell you of these. Uh, They're not less than and they're not lacking of, but they were were great faith walkers as well. But time's failing me. And we're going to get to this and kind of notice some things that I think I noticed while I was. But I wonder if that is what other saints of God think of us. That's my thought just on that little point. I'm not going to make no applications after these uh, right here. But I wonder if that's what other saints of God would think of us, you know, um, you know, probably not, but th- maybe they would think something along the lines that, they, that, that if we display our faith in such a way uh, that, uh, that others see it and they go, hey, uh, I don't even have enough time to stand here with you tonight and tell you of the faith of that person. Not that it's about us, but it's faith in Christ to understand all that and it's faith in believing in the Word of God because that's what faith is and we understand that. Uh, um, but I wonder what people think of us. I've, I wonder if somebody says, hey, I've seen their faith. Uh, I've seen it work and I understand how it works uh, and I believe that God is in their lives by their faith. Uh, that's what's taking place here as, as the, the Hebrew writers getting ready to tell us uh, about this. A time problem. There's a time problem though. Time failed him. Uh, he said, listen, I don't have enough time to tell you. And then I see also a telling Peace, and here he is, and he said, uh, um, to tell. Uh, uh, time, uh, I don't have the time to tell. He said, he said trust me, trust me. I, this is just my imagination, okay? Trust me, there's plenty that I could say about these people, but I'm not going to because time is going to fail me. Uh, and so I'm, he had plenty to tell, but not enough time. What do people have to say about our faith? What do people have to say about our faith? I mean... I believe my faith could be described pretty quickly. And I, I mean, I don't know the faith that I have. I mean, I have faith, but I can't, I can't tell you the calculations of my faith tonight. But I'm telling you the truth is that sometimes in this life, as, as this writer was saying, he's simply saying, uh, time would fail me to tell of. You know, time would fail us to tell of Jesus. We couldn't exhaust it. There's a proclamation of faith. So he's saying, hey, listen, there's a lot of faith that's getting ready to take place. I'm going to tell you a little bit of it, but I ain't got enough time to tell you all of it. And so there's a proclamation. Then there's a people of faith, okay? And so he goes through in verse 33 and he said, uh, verse 32, and he says, uh, tell of Gideon and of Barak and Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. So I'm going to try and walk through these briefly from what I believe according to the Bible and how their faith was displayed there are five in it named, okay? And so we have the faith of Gideon. We have the faith of Gideon. You'll find Gideon in Judges chapter number 6 and Judges chapter number 7. And you'll find him there. And the craziest part of Gideon's life is seemingly he was not always a man of faith. 
He wasn't. So we see two points to each person, and that's what I'm going to lay it out to you. And so the first point to Gideon is going to be simply this, his testing. In Judges chapter number 6, we find Gideon goes in and he tests the Lord to prove him, if you will, to prove the Lord. And he had already seen God send down fire from heaven and to... to, to, to to um, take up the sacrifice uh, that had that he had given. I mean, he'd already seen God do that uh, and accepted his offering and all that, but still he doubts and he tests God. Uh, and we understand him to be the one that threw out the fleece and said, God, uh, make it wet around it and then make it dry on it, uh, and then vice versa. He's testing God. It's not a good thing to do. Uh, the Bible says not to test God. Uh, um, but nonetheless, he does that. And to me, that would show a weak faith. But thank God, for mercy. Amen. Uh, um, thank God for His grace. Here He is in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We see His testing. Then we see his triumph. Now his triumph you'll find in Judges chapter number 7. And in the book of Judges in chapter number 7, I'm not reading it for a second time. You can read it if you want to. But Judges chapter number 7, this is where faith comes in of Gideon. And with the aid of the Lord, of course, God allows him to come together and destroy the much bigger army of the Midianites. And so they had 300 men, Gideon's army did, they had 300 men and the Midianites had much more than that. The Bible doesn't say uh, they had much more than that. Uh, um, but they lacked one thing that Gideon's army had. Faith in God. And so here he is and God in his mercy and in his grace uh, gave grace and they triumphed even though uh, they had te- God, he had tested them sometime earlier. That's grace, friend. That's grace, the faith of Gideon. Then we read, secondly, of Barak. Anybody ever heard of Barak in the Bible? All right. All right, well, the faith of Barak. And so interestingly enough, as I mentioned earlier, he said, time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak. So he said, time's going to fail me to do it. Well, here's an interesting thought that I found out as I was studying over this is that in the book of Judges, in Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter number 7, you'll find, obviously, what we just went over in Gideon. In Judges chapter number 4, you'll find Barak. You know, nowhere else hardly in the Bible is things not in order when they're mentioned named-wise. It's almost like, literally, it's almost like he was running out of time and he's jotting down what the Holy Ghost is telling him. So that's just a thought. I could not put it on paper and say that it's 100% true. Um, But I'm just telling you, he didn't put them in any order. He just laid them out there. uh, And I believe he did it just in the inspiration of the Holy Ghost nonetheless. Uh, But we see a few things here. We see uh, number one of the book of Barak. Uh, In Judges chapter 4, you'll find in verse number 8, his fear. So here he is, and he and, and, and Israel was in such bad shape at this time, and I don't mean this any harm, but they were in such bad shape at this exact time um, that they actually had a woman to be their judge, Deborah. And so Deborah was the judge at the time of Barak, and here she was, and this time, and he, uh, he, he, he is called by Deborah to go into battle and to fight the battle, and he said, hey, listen, I can't, but I will go if you'll go with me, 
speaking to the judge. And she said, of course, I'll go. And he held back at, fat, at first when the call was given him, slightly so, showing some type of fear that he wasn't going to be able to go out there. And he was showing fear rather than faith, right? And so we see his, his fear there. And then also a little farther in Judges chapter 4, we see his faith. And so regardless of seemingly displaying the fear that he had at the beginning when the call took upon his life. And by the way, when I got called to preach, I had plenty of fear in my life. I still have fear when I stand in front of God's people. Um, but, but the Lord gave the victory over that land and he led up the people up to Mount Tabor and destroyed 900 chariots of iron of the Canaanites and God was once again showing grace and giving the win over those people. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's the faith. And, and, and here he is leading them in that. We understand the book of Judges as to be a book of war. It's purely a book of war is what it is. It's purely a book of judge, judging. Um, that's literally what it is. So the children of Israel are being led by different men at different times and, and they're being led in, in the battle. And, and there, there's people coming on them at every single side uh, and the Canaanites have already been taking place. And then two chapters over you find the Midianites have been taking place and them destroying them. God was merciful and faithful to His children. And so the faith of Barak, and then we see thirdly the faith of Samson. It says, and Samson, and the Samson. So we know Samson's in the book of Judges as well. He is one of the last judges, Judges chapter 13 through Judges chapter number 16. You'll find the story of Samson. Well, most know of the story of Samson. I'm sure you would all shake your heads if you knew the story of Samson if I asked you to. And we probably would all thank faith. Faith in the story of Samson. Well... God knew what he was doing. We understand that. But let me, let, me, let me lay out a few things. So we see his failures, right? When you think of Samson, you do not think of his faith. You think of his failures. Isn't that right? What do you think of? You might think of his hair. You probably think of his hair. I mean, you probably think of his, um, you probably think of his strength. You probably think about him pulling down the, 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 two, wall, the two pillars there. But you don't think of faith. You think of folly when it comes to Samson. And so you, you think about him getting in the bed and defiling it with Delilah and all of that taking place. Uh, he had failures. And when it comes to the life of Samson, our first thought is not faith. It's, it's folly. It's failures. And we see his faith, though. And I believe the area of faith shown by Samson is based upon the fact that he trusted in the strength that God had given him. And he broke the chains that had him bound at that exact time. And we understand that. Judges chapter number 14, he broke the chains that had him bound. He walked over there and he grabbed the jawbone of an ass and he killed how many people? He killed a thousand people with his hands. He was trusting in what God had supplied for him. I believe that's faith, wouldn't you? I do believe that was faith. Uh, he defeated the Philistines in doing so. All by himself, by the way. He was, there was not another man with him besides God. And I'm thankful for that. He was all on faith in the strength that God had given him. Then, fourthly, we see the faith of Jephthah. Have you ever heard of Jephthah in the Bible? I know, I know. These are, these are people you don't hear of much. He is also in the book of Judges. He's in the book of Judges chapter number 11. And so here also is another moment of being out of order. The inspiration of the Holy Ghost 
But you do not hear much about him in the Bible, yet he's commended for his faith. What did he do? Well, I see his foolishness. His foolishness. Now, in the first part of Judges chapter number 11, from verse 1 to verse number 11, you'll find the foolishness of Jephthah. You will find that he is called to be a leader in the battle. And he foolishly rejected his call to the leadership. And, man, man, I know I've been there. Amen. I've been there. I've been there. I don't know if you have, but I have. But he, but he, but he, he rejected the call in foolishness. And then in verse number 12, um, I don't have one that's right now. I went through it. Judges chapter number 11, verse 12 through verse number 28, you'll find as Jephthah in his faith, not only his foolishness, but his faith, he submitted to that call. And uh, he led the children of Israel into victory. uh, And here he is leading them into victory over the Ammonites. And so there is the uh, fight that was in battle as, as, as Barak was leading them into battle there against um, the uh, simple fact of uh, against the people there up on Mount Tamar and the Canaanites. I'm trying to get it out of my mouth. And then over in, in verse in chapter number six and chapter number seven, you find as he was uh, as um, Gideon was leading them into battle for the Midianites. And so Israel's in bad shape right now. I mean, you understand that at the end of the chapter, I mean, end of the book of uh, of Judges, it says, and there was still no king, and every man done what was right in his own eyes. Uh, I mean, they ended in that way, but God was with them all the way through, uh, and God gave people of faith to lead them out. Uh, and then there's Samson who destroyed them. Uh, the Philistines there uh, and then we find out they're a little bit farther in, you know, we're backwards in chapter 11 uh, of Jephthah as he led through and led them to defeat the Ammonites uh, it's amazing what God can do isn't it Amen. if we'll just submit to the call of God it's amazing what he'll do and then we see the faith of David and of Jephthah and of David also now we could preach here for a while we're not going to, but here's a man we're all familiar with. And I want you to understand a few things about him. I want you to understand his faults. We understand the faults of him, don't we? I mean, David was a man in, in who he committed adultery with one of his strong men's, his, his, mighty men's, his mighty men's wife, Bathsheba. We understand that, and he failed his kids in that, and he lost a child because of it and all of that. And he even killed Uriah because of it. And so it's a failure. It's not something that should be done. The Bible says, thou shalt not what? Kill. It says that. He didn't obey that. But, but, but we, I tell you, beloved, we must be careful what lust will cause us to do. Amen. His faults, his faith. i this faster than I thought I would. His faith, his faith, David's faith. It was an, extra, it was an extraordinary faith. It was, it was tremendous. We know him to have faith in the valley of Elah with Goliath, right? We know that. We know he had faith there, and he said, Hey, I'll go when nobody else go, I'll go. All you big men won't go, I'll go. I mean, he had faith in God in that, and he had, he had faith. And we know he had faith, but what about when he was standing up against Saul? When, when he was chased down by Saul for all those times, he had faith in God. And, you know, he had a calling, and it was a confident calling. And he was going to get that kingship no matter what. 
He simply placed himself in the hands of the Lord and allowed him to have full reigns in his life. That's a good thing to do, by the way. It's a good thing to do to have faith in the Lord and, and place your life in his hands. We understand David to lead for a long time. We understand David to do many works, marvelous works. And we understand David to exalt the Lord more than anybody recorded in the Scripture. He exalted the Lord many times. And so David's faith was an extraordinary faith. It was tremendous faith. And then I want you to notice, of course, the last one by name that's mentioned here. It says, and Samuel. So the faith of Samuel. So we've went through the faith of all of the other four, which would be Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah, and David. Other five. I don't learn how to count. And we went through those, and we understood that each one of them had faults. Is that right? They had failures, they had folly, they had foolishness. All of that throughout there. Then we come to Samuel. I do not know. If the Bible records Samuel sinning, I do not know. Did he sin? I'm sure he did. But if you look through the high points of his life, it has nothing to do with his failures. Not one thing. But everything to do with his faith. And so this is the only man who really didn't display much fault, according to the Bible. And so I know he failed, but he was a faithful man. He displayed much faith. So notice a few things about him. I want you to notice in 1 Samuel chapter 3, I want you to know he had a listening faith. He had a listening faith. He heard the calling of God on his life under Eli, the priest, he under the, he, who, who his mother brought him there, by the way. But, but, but here he was, and he's under Eli, and he heard the call of God very clearly, and he responded to the call. And I want you to understand something those days. Those were not days when God would just come out and just call you. But God worked through a high priest. And so that's the difference there. And so it's amazing how Samuel heard the call of God, and he had a listening faith, and he trusted that it was the Lord, and there he was. And then we can find on a little farther in 1 Samuel chapter number 3. It moves on fast. We find in 1 Samuel chapter 3 there is a, a leading faith. Now Samuel, Samuel, when he listened, when he listened to God, he was able to lead people. Uh, and so God used Samuel mightily and he reminded Israel throughout all of that. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 7, he reminded Israel, hey, turn back to God. Uh, turn back to God. Uh, go back to God. And he practically spoke righteousness, telling them to prioritize the Lord uh, rather than their own desires. He proclaimed that. So he had a leading faith. And then also he had not only that, but he had a loving faith. 1 Samuel chapter 12. I'm going to turn there just quickly. I'm going to turn there real quick. I want to read you a verse, okay? 1 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 23. The Bible says, Moreover, as for me, this is Samuel speaking, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He's speaking to the children of Israel. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. 
For consider how great things he hath done for you. He's showing them love. You know you can't lead until you love. You can't lead until... I I believe he truly had a love for the people of God. Uh, He expressed that they should love God above all. They should keep God first above all. Uh, They should follow the commands of God above all else. They should be doing that. Uh, And so we need more Samuels. Amen. The moral of this story here is each man of these uh, were rewarded for their faith. Yet each one of them, other than Samuel, of course, from what I see, had failures. So don't get caught up on what you've done. Get caught on what you can do for God. Amen. And so we see the people of faith. Lastly, we see a picture of faith. So we got three more verses to walk through. It'll be quick. Faster than last one, probably. And of the prophets. See that? So it says, and of the prophets. So it mentions those. No names needed. And much of these people of faith are very clear. But it doesn't tell the person, but it gives us a picture okay, of this person. Because if you know the Bible, you'll be able to find out these people is what I'm trying to say. And so, so, so there's a picture of faith. I, I'm going to hit it quickly, so hold on, buckle up, and we'll get ready to go. Uh, um, there are many mentioned, I believe, without names. What we see in context, as we read, it gives us context, verse number 34 and verse number 35, by reading what we just read, speaking of the prophets. Because in verse number 33, it says, Who? Is that rightly divided into Scripture? I believe it is. So I'm sure there'll be much missed here, but just hang tight. Let's walk it down. Who through faith subdue kingdoms. And so who overcame kingdoms in the Bible? I know this is just like a teaching lesson tonight. Who overcame kingdoms? Well, David, he obtained, he, uh, he subdued the kingdom of Saul. And so David had the touch. Saul had the title. And that's just what took place. But David subdued the kingdom of Saul. You think about Joshua, right? So Joshua, he was enabled to conquer the Canaanites in order to get the promised land, right? Therefore, he subdued a kingdom. Hezekiah, you can read of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, he over he overcame the, and that's what subdued mean, overcame. He overcame the Assyrians and took over their kingdom. And I'm sure there's more, but I'll just tell you the truth. Those three matter. And they did it all because they trusted in the Lord and had faith. Amen. And then it says, not only that, who through faith subdued kingdom, who through faith wrought righteousness. Now, speaking on prophets here, is that correct? So if it's preaching on prophets here, then we would find ourselves <clears throat> along the lines of, I'm thinking, more like Elijah. He was a man who displayed the righteousness of Christ through his whole life. And then I'm thinking of a man named Elisha. Now Elisha, he displayed faith no matter the circumstances. I mean, he surely wrought many um, righteousness. He did. He worked righteousness. and Many, many other in general that we could think of probably. But I'm just telling you, those two right there stick out to when it comes to righteousness in the Lord. When it comes to the prophets. It says, who through faith obtained promises. 
We understand many gained the promises of God as given to them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, children of Israel, Gideon, Caleb. I could name more, but there, there's, there's more. There's more. They obtained promises. Then we see that some stopped the mouths of lions. Somebody answer me who that was. Daniel, is that right? What about David? What about Benaiah? Benaiah, there is David's, one of David's mighty men. And he's, he, he stopped the mouth of a lion. So he's talking. I believe they could all fit the context there. And then it goes on to tell us in verse 34 that quenched the violence of fire. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are the only ones that <laughs> did that. But you see in the faith there, you know the full context of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and what took place there. If you don't know about Jephthah, if you don't know about Hezekiah, if you don't know about anyone, you know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they had faith. I mean, they had faith. The God we serve is able to deliver us out of thy hands, O king. We're not careful to answer you. That means we'll just answer you how we won't answer you because our God is able to deliver. They had faith. They said, throw us in the fire. He'll be in there with us. I mean, pretty much. And so I'm just telling they, they, they did that. They quenched the violence of the fire. But it was all through faith. It was all because they had faith in the Lord, the living God. And then it goes on to tell us that some escaped the edge of the sword. Well, I mean, David escaped the edge of Goliath's sword. Um, David escaped the sword of Saul. Elijah escaped the sword of Jezebel. I mean, there's many things that we can hit there. There's, who was you about to say? Yeah, that's right. David escaped Absalom. So there's many different aspects that we can put here and put in there. And then it goes on to tell us, and out of weakness we're made strong. Now, out of weakness we're made strong. There, there's a lot of people in there that were made strong out of their weaknesses. Sarah, she was in by faith. She was made strong of her barrenness. She was made strong out of it. Hannah was made strong out of her barrenness. Um, Abraham was made strong by God in the ways that he was for being of old age, right? He said, I'm old. How am I 100 years old? I'm going to have a baby. No way it's going to happen. Or I'm going to carry the seed, rather. You're not going to have the baby. But it was all because of faith. Then it says, wax valiance in fight. Well, we could think many could be accounted here. Of course, but David comes to mind, of course, as he was in the fight with many. Then somebody else would come to mind. Um, in first, well, of course, Joshua. Um, anybody ever heard of Jehoshaphat? First Corinthians, First Chronicles, um, chapter number 25. You'll find Jehoshaphat down there in the midst of the valley and he's at the creek and God told him to go there and take them people to war. 
And then when God told them to go there, there was much more of them than there was of there was much more of the other people. There was Jehoshaphat's army. So what did God do? God didn't say fight. God said sit, listen, and you'll be good. And God destroyed them all. And so that's just something that takes place, and and that they will wax villain, they wax valiant in that fight. They did because God fought it. And then it goes on. Turn to the flight, the armies of the aliens. That word aliens means not of us, practically, by the way. And, um, of course, comes to my mind David again. And uh, as, um, as there was Goliath that he was fighting there. And many, other, many, many were fighting those who were not of them. All the ones we've covered were. And so they could all be put in that. And then it goes on, verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. There's only two people in Old Testament. There's three people that were raised from the dead in the Old Testament. We know Elijah raised one from the dead and Elisha raised two from the dead. But there's only two that fit this context here because it says women, women received their dead raised to life. So there is the... There is the Shudamite woman that Elisha went to and he went there and he raised that child from the dead. And she made, he, he, he made sure that he was going to go and help them because that woman was faithful to him. She had already gave him a prophet's chamber. That was the first prophet's chamber. It had three things. And she gave him that chamber. She gave him that place to stay. And um, he made sure he came back. He went up there in his own bed, and he went there, and he sneezed. That kid sneezed seven times. I don't know why it has to do anything with the sneezing, but I can tell you the truth right there is that he done woke up. He's alive. And then there's the widow of Zarephath. The widow of Zarephath, Elijah raised her, her son from the dead, her child from the dead, or she was raised from the dead, and... Um, It's amazing. Man, you're talking about faith. You're talking about raising somebody from the dead. It's amazing. I've seen people die, and it's, I never thought in my mind, turn over there and raise them back up again, you know. So that's faith. That's real faith. Elisha raised somebody else from the dead in Second Kings chapter 13. It was just a man. But this is in context, and I believe that's what it is. And the next week, we'll learn about others who were tortured. And um, not accepting deliverance and they might obtain a better resurrection and others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings and moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder. That means they were cut in half. Were tempted, were slain with the sword and they were wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, been destitute, afflicted, tormented. So it goes through many of them, and they're covered from the beginning to the end, and we understand that there was many that was killed for the battle. And um, Naaman was killed. He was killed just because Ahab wanted his house. I mean, really. And um, there's so many different things that we can look at, and it says that there were many who were put in prison. You know, they were, it says they were tortured and they were moreover of bonds and imprisonment. And you know, Joseph was in prison, wasn't he? 
Joseph was in prison. He was put in a prison because he did no wrong, right? Then we can find out a little farther. And I ain't going to preach. I'm, I'm done. Um, just trying to think of people who were put in prison, you know. The prophet Micaiah was put in prison by Ahab for preaching to him. There was, there was many different things that took place in that. But all of them lived that life by faith. By faith. It's pure faith. Isn't it amazing what faith can do? I mean, it causes winds, if you will, in your life. Winds, things that do take place that are good, that are great in our life because we have faith in God, the Almighty God. And next week we'll learn on the wars of faith. And there may be times of winning, but there will also be times of wars in your life. might be bored in yourself, might be warring out there, but you will be with times of war and, and faith because people don't like faith. Oh, I live by God. What, you just, you can't see God. I understand that. But, and I've been in, con, in con, a conversation with people like that. But if you'll place your life in, in the Lord and, and, and be, live, in, live by faith, you will go through wars, but there will be wins and there will be wages. So, the winds of faith. I know it's simple tonight. I know it's low. I know all of that. But I'm just, I'm just trying to preach, lay out this chapter verse by verse. And that's what we did. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you've done tonight. Help us, Lord, as we go on our way. Pray, God, that everything that was said and done bring honor and glory to you. Lord, and thank you for the faith that we can receive, Lord. Because... You have done it all, Lord. You've lived it all, Lord. You've shown us how to do it. And, Lord, we can trust in your word that you'll do it again. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name.